You're listening to MoneyWeb at Midday. There is growing concern over a new bill that state-owned enterprises, most of them in dire trouble, be transferred to a single state asset management holding company instead of retaining them under the embattled Department of Public Enterprises. A view now from Olga Konstantatos, who is head of credit at Future Growth. And firstly, Olga, what specific criteria or strategy, in your opinion, could be established for determining which SOEs are transferred to this holding company? I think that it's important for us to understand what the, you know, well, I think the shareholder itself needs to set out what criteria are going to be used for the state-owned entities that will fall under this Holdco subsidiary. The list as published in the second draft of this bill seems to indicate a variety of SOEs across a number of sectors. Some are financially, operationally, and have governance challenges, and others are, you know, are are not as challenged. There are some that have a developmental mandate, potentially, and some also that have a mixed developmental and commercial mandate. And I think it's not necessarily up to us to say what the strategy should be in terms of which entities should be transferred over, but rather for the shareholder to tell us what their criteria is going to be in making these transfers and the outcomes they aim to achieve. I mean, at the end of the day, we think that what is the outcome we all want? We want efficient, functional state-owned entities. We want them that fulfill their mandate, that are operationally and financially sustainable, and that are not a drain on our fiscus or on our economy. And I guess we're just questioning whether transferring these named entities into a new holdco, whether that actually achieves the stated aims. And we think this legislation needs some further amendment in order to go uh, towards that goal. So let's talk about amendments in just a moment. But conceptually, do you think it's a bad idea? Look, it is the practice of some other countries around the globe that have done this. I think that it's not a bad idea to concentrate some of the operational oversight within one entity. I think some of the challenges that we've had with our SOEs is that oversight is scattered across a line ministry sometimes with some oversight from National Treasury with some other departments added in. And so it's not always clear to us who is making the decisions, who's providing the right level of oversight. And there have also been conflicting requirements, you know, issues by the various um, ministries that have historically been in charge of some of the SOEs. And so to the extent that this may provide for an aligned view and a consistent view and clarity around who is you know, who is actually in control, then that is a good thing. I guess the concern side of that equation is to say that the concentration of that power can sometimes be problematic unless there are appropriate guardrails and guidelines in place to limit what could be the abuse of that concentration of power. And let me pick up on that. That's exactly the point I want to raise with you. Given concerns around political interference in a concept like this, it would be important, would it not, uh, to implement additional safeguards to minimize political influence and overexertion of authority. 100%, Jeremy, and that's exactly um, what we think, where we think this bill maybe falls a little bit short. So this version two is a slight improvement on this front um, as regards version one. So this version two, so it's positive in that there is now a nominations process for recommending new board members. The previous version didn't have that and gave the president the sole right to make those appointments with no guidelines or input. So this version is a slight improvement. There is this nominations process outside the presidency that recommends appointments. But where we think it falls short is that the president is not obliged to follow these, nor is he required to give a reason for not following the recommendations, and nor is there an obligation on him to act reasonably in making his decision. And so while there is external input into the decision, there's no 
obligation really on the presidency to act on those recommendations. And so there is still the scope for um, inappropriate political mm. interference, we feel. And that would be a key amendment that uh, that you would need to, to, to look at. These are all complex entities, you would agree with me. Would it not be difficult for one single company to exercise what is ostensibly specialist insight or oversight that is needed? Absolutely. And I think it goes to the first point or the first question around the various industries and the types of companies with their different mandates that are listed as, you know, potentials for inclusion. So it's, you know, it's Transnet, it's the post office, it's ESCOM, it's SAA, it's, it's you know, across a variety of industries. And, you know, if you think of it in a corporate sense, it would be like having a conglomerate corporate holding company that has subsidiary interests in basically every aspect of the economy. And so there is a question around concentrating that power in a Holdco board, what level of specialist skills are needed there. And usually what happens in the corporate world, so non-SOE world, is that that power is devolved down to the subsidiary company board. So they may be a conglomerate holding company, but they would devolve quite a lot of power to the subsidiary board that actually knows that industry best. So let's say if it's in airways or, or logistics or whatever, the board of that particular subsidiary company are the specialists in that field and would be best placed to make decisions for that subsidiary. That's what would happen in the corporate world. What we think may be happening or is at risk of happening with this legislation is that the power to make decisions for that particular subsidiary company, be it in logistics or whatever, goes up a level to the holding company. And Mm -hmm. so we would question whether... You know, what do they know better? What do those directors at the Holtco company um, level know more than what the actual directors of that the, the subsidiary company know? And, and we would argue that the subsidiary company directors are probably best placed to be making the decisions for that subsidiary. Um, and so that is potentially a problem as we see it. And just a final one. Um, oversight is one thing, but uh, any new entity has surely got to ensure uh, reform and also commercial success. Absolutely. And so I think that's the one of the problems is that the challenges that our SOEs have faced are not just around their ownership structure or their oversight structure. They are very significant operational financial challenges that exist at very many of them. And some of those challenges are as basic as kind of financial guardrails and financial controls, mm. the way money gets spent, value for money, capital allocation decisions, etc. Um, and and you can't, you know, you can't, you can legislate for some of that, but not all of that. The key to do that is to actually operationally reform the entities um, themselves, to put the right people in place, to make the right decisions, to have the right KPI and to be measuring targets appropriately. And legislating it kind of at two levels above doesn't necessarily go all the way. So it's potentially part of the solution if it's done properly, but it doesn't take away the need to operationally reform these entities Mm. at the actual level of the operation. One senses a long road to hoe in this particular respect. Uh, (laughs) Olga Konfantatos, thank you very much indeed. Head of credit at Future Growth.